0: Welcome to the Everyone's a Critic Movie Review Podcast. I'm your host this week, uh, professional film critic Sean Patrick. With me is Jeff Lasseter. What's up? Jeff, where can they find your stuff?
1: JeffLasseter.com.
0: And of course, you can find all uh, my links are Everyone's a Critic Movie Review Podcast on Facebook, Critics Pod on Twitter, Critics Pod on Instagram. uh, And of course, anywhere where you listen to podcasts, because you're probably listening to this on a podcast app. So there you go. Bob makes it sound so easy. Uh, (laughs) What about
1: the people who are listening to it on a wind up Victrola?
0: You know that's that's how they listen to the ninety three podcast. Oh, (laughs) every week we we talk about how uh, how you can only watch the video version of that podcast by uh, ordering it on VHS from Pueblo, Colorado. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Yep, more on that. Got my order in.
0: More on that. uh, The ninety three podcast later on in the show. Uh, but I'm uh, myself, of uh, course, uh, at Critic Sean on, on Twitter, or po- at Podcast Sean on Twitter. And of course, uh, I've, I'm working on my very first book. Uh, it's uh, about horror movies in the 90s. I posted the newest uh, entry today. Uh, I'm, I'm serializing the whole thing at horror.media. And uh, so just pieces of it, not, not the entire book, but just like pieces from the book are going up there. On a pretty regular basis, and this, I posted, I think, the 13th entry today, which is uh, arachnophobia. Ooh, scary. I, You know what? I, I dismissed it a long time ago. I thought it was just sort of a... I didn't quite get it when I watched it uh, as a kid. And I found it... I really appreciated it this time. It's a really well-directed movie. It manages to make something this villain... That essentially you could just step on to, to defeat and <laughs> make it really they do a great job of making it very scary and and dangerous and it's just through I, you know filmmaking technique
1: yeah i know i've seen it but it's been probably since it came
0: out oh wow so all the way back in
1: 1990
0: mm-hmm. wow yeah, yeah i i recommend it i was surprised because i didn't i skipped it when it turned 30 in uh, 2020 because i figured i i don't i just kind of dismissed it in my head and uh now I'm I'm kind of happy to be able to go back and see it and uh reappraise it and uh find a whole new appreciation for it. Yeah. Of course, it's sad. Uh still there's still no word on whatever happened to Julian Sands. He's uh most certainly he's in the movie, obviously, and he's he's most certainly yeah. dead, unfortunately. Uh but they've not declared it officially. He went missing in the mountains uh earlier this year in California mm-hmm. and It's just bizarre that they've been completely unable to find him.
1: Yeah, he's uh, friends with my friend Melanie, and she's been talking about it a lot lately that, you know, they just can't believe that they haven't found any trace of him.
0: That is so weird. I mean, he's not the first person to completely go missing in the mountains, but it seems bizarre that, uh, that he would be in a place where they just could not find any trace of him. Yeah. Anyway, of course, we've got uh, movies to talk about this week, and uh, the biggest movie, of course, is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, featuring the voice of Shameik Moore as uh, Miles Morales and Haley Steinfeld as Spider-Girl, Gwen Stacy, Uh, picking up the story from last time, uh, where they're they're, uh, apart now as friends, they're each back in their own universe, but... uh, They find a way eventually to uh, jump back from universe to universe uh, via this new character called The Spot, uh, played by Jason Schwartzman, who is able to cross through universes via these various different spots all over his body. He's a pretty interesting villain and a very creative uh, villain for this movie. But everything about this movie is super creative. It's just such a smartly made movie. With the multiple different art styles, and I'll have you speak to that, Jeff. You know that stuff way better than I do. But the art styles in this are just each each switch is so seamless, and yet it, it's so significantly different from from you know each universe. Uh, it's so cleverly pulled off. The the uh, jokes are great. The various different spider people are fantastic. Uh, big shout out to Daniel Kaluuya as Spider Punk, which I think is the best uh, new invention. Uh, for this franchise, he was terrific uh, in this movie. I absolutely adored that character. Uh, I'm, I'm I i do not know what his origins or the comics are. I just know that he he wasn't in the in the first Spider Verse movie. So that's the only way. This I don't know much about. I know much. I know a lot about Spider Man, but only in the movies. I don't know anything about Spider yeah, Comics. Yeah, spider Punk yeah. could be this historic character, and I would have no idea. <laughs> um, but that goes for most of the Spider people. Spider Pig it was uh, kind of barely in this one not really at all in this one uh, i w- i wanted to see spider-man noir again nicolas cage but obviously he's not really in this but maybe in the next movie hopefully uh, we do glimpse them near the end which is nice uh really clever pieces of storytelling i i i, I actually wasn't aware uh that this is the uh, some seemingly like a spider-man across the spider-verse part 1 i didn't know going in i I assumed they would be making more of these, but when it ended, I was like, really? That's where, oh, wow. Uh, And that's the one thing that I've got a problem with, Jeff, is that I do think the movie does overstay its welcome just a little bit. It kind of repeats a couple of points a little bit. Maybe there's one too many chase scenes by the end. Uh, I don't think this is a movie that necessarily needs to be close to two and a half hours long, but uh, it's so satisfying and so beautiful, and the characters are so great that I, I didn't mind it. I just, I began to notice it toward the end.
1: Yeah, same here. It was kind of like they were, it felt to me like they knew they were going to have to do a part two. Mm -hmm. So, But they wanted to, you know, hit a runtime and they were like, yeah, we can make it two and a half hours. And they just kind of stretched some of the the fight scenes and the chases out. And there were a couple um, almost false climaxes to it. Where that, oh, this is what I, cause I, I knew going in that um, after it was released, I knew that it was going to be part one of two and I was like, oh, okay. Oh, this is going to be where the, no. Okay. This is going to be where, no. And I kept thinking that and I was like, wow, it's, it really, (laughs) the end kind of dragged for me if I'm, if I'm being honest, I mean, it was gorgeous and you know, like you said, the art styles in it were just fabulous, but Towards the end, I started to get a little bit, you know, like I checked my watch a couple times and I'm like, is it, is there really a half an hour left? Mm-hmm. Because it had, you know, it had repeated those, um, uh, those beats a few times. Starting in about the middle is where I started to notice that, like, oh, wait, didn't that was kind of a repeated layout motif, if you will? Mm-hmm. So.
0: Yeah, I, I, d- I started to feel it about the, uh, uh, when I got to the, they're in the Spider Verse and they're having the chase scene on the train, uh, where they're go- this train that yeah. goes straight up in the air. Uh, they're having a fight scene on top of that. And I started to feel like this one was going on that, especially, was going on just a little bit too long. I also didn't quite know what Miles's plan was when he got into that. And then, of <laughs> course, that's not even the end game because he's got to get off of there and then go get himself in the machine to send him back to his own universe. Uh, so there was kind yeah. of a there's a bit of uh, confusion, I guess, in that for me, uh, why that train sequence had to be as long as it was. And again, I, I, these are minor flaws. I would, I'm like, I this is these are nitpicks as far as I'm concerned because the movie is incredibly overall. I think it's incredibly satisfying. Uh, but I, I did kind of scratch my head a little bit at the introduction at the end of these of these characters, the seemingly new character at the end. Uh, because he's introduced so late you're like is the movie starting a third act now <laughs> Are we yeah. going into another is there another like half an hour to an hour of this uh because there's this there's, there's this whole new thread that starts with miles going back to the not to his universe but to a universe where the spider that bit him was from and and we find out some things about that ver- universe universe's miles morales that are very interesting and Uh, I was really impressed by that, but at the same time, like, it's the start of an entirely new movie.
1: Yeah, yeah, I felt like it was, it just seemed a little disjointed Mm -hmm. for me. Uh, I was kind of, when, when he came to the room and it was, it was much darker and he kept talking to his mom, I was like, did this, is this a separate universe? Is it, it, are we... Have we jumped to a different? And then, it, yeah, it was. And it was like, okay. And, you know, I think, I think they were, you were, you weren't supposed to believe it until they showed the mural of his father, you know, who mm-hmm. had been killed um, as opposed to his uncle. And by then I was like, well, we all know that it's a separate, you know, it's different. So I was, yeah, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure they're setting that up for the next one and oh, then I'll have a big. Uh, impact, I hope.
0: Absolutely, and that's, it's it's going to be interesting too to see how Miles can get back to his own, you know, his own universe. Like how will they yeah. how will they manage that for him is it's a kind of an interesting idea. Uh, but there's so many interesting ideas in this. I loved I loved Haley Steinfeld as as Spider Girl uh, Gwen Stacy. Her thing with her dad was so was very moving and very emotional and and really used incredibly well in terms of how they're playing out this plot. Where essentially Miles is trying to Miles makes the decision like, "Hey, the universe is not set. These things that these canon events, as they call them, don't have to happen in order to make Spider-Man a hero." And that's what uh, sort of Oscar Isaac's character believes is that these things have to happen. That you know uh, Uncle Ben's death and the death of uh, you know a father has to happen in order to make Spider-Man who he is. Uh, and mm-hmm. Miles is out to disprove that idea, and the way they use Gwen to reflect that is very smart. It's just incredibly well put together script.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Uh, again, like I loved the, the various different inventions uh, of other Spider People, like uh, the uh, the combi- combination of man- Manhattan and Mumbai for the Indian Spider Man is just such a mm-hmm. wonderful invention. The art style of that was spectacular. The way the use of color is so incredible. Uh, great performance as well by that young actor uh, delivering the voice of that uh, spider Colonel character. Ansoni. Wonderful, absolutely wonderful.
1: Yeah, his uh, he was in Deadpool, Deadpool Two. Um, unfortunately, Office Christmas Party. <laughs>
0: He's also in a wonderful wonderful pandemic movie called Seven Days uh, that I highly recommend yeah. people check out. That was a very good movie. What did you think yeah, I, of that? I, uh, I heard his
1: voice and I was like, is, <laughs> wait a minute, is it? No, oh, I think that's Karen Sony.
0: So what did you think of that sequence?
1: That was probably my favorite part. Um, just the artwork in it was phenomenal. And um, I mean, I watched uh, the last one the night before, Mm. and I just, I kept thinking, God, I forget, you know, until you're watching it, you forget how great the artwork and the style is and the textures and all that. And there were a couple times, and especially towards the end of this one that I was like, okay, you know, um, it was just a little, it was a little esoteric like when Gwen came back to her father's apartment and it that took me out a little bit. Cause I was just staring at the artwork on it. Mm. Um, and I realized that, you know, I'm an artist. So I, that's something I pay attention to more than some people might, but you know, it was just, uh, there was, it was a lot at some points and to the, to the point where I thought maybe it was distracting a little from the story. Mm-hmm um overall no i mean overall it's just it's amazing but it's you know there were there were a couple times towards the end of this one that i thought okay they're showcasing the art and while i love that Mm -hmm. i think we could also you know get on with it
0: (laughs) (laughs) i loved the spot uh jason schwartzman does a great job He's, he's a functional character more than a character in in and of itself he He functions to get people where they need to go uh, and and provide, you know, uh, provide essentially the face of a villain, even though essentially Oscar Isaac's character kind of fills in as the main villain in a way, although he's a villain with some justification. He's somebody who has seen the pain that Spider-Man goes through to become a hero. And uh, he feels like he just has this hardened view of how these the multiverse works and how these canon events work and so it, it, he's a very justified villain but he's and he's only the villain because he's in opposition to miles who is our main character who we care about uh but the, the way they use the spot though is he, he's very funny he, he's very lively i loved that he visited the uh Live action universe of uh, the Venom characters. <laughs> I thought that was great. Yeah, that was a really terrific one. Uh, the the use of live action characters, like there's an appearance by Donald uh, Donald Glover in this, that is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, the the invention of. Uh, the, they used the vulture, but not the Michael Keaton vulture, but a vulture from like a, <laughs> like I don't know, some the, rena- Renaissance. Re- the Renaissance version of it, which is a terrific one. Uh, and and that art style clashing with the art style of Gwen's uh, universe was terrific. Uh, such a wonderful you know use of uh, of pieces of art opposite each other. Spider Punk is another great example of that. He the way his art style stands apart from everybody else's.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean. And the fact that they they had him made out of his own, you know, like the cut up uh, letters and words and newspapers and things like that. That, but and he was just walking around like that when everybody was in their own style. That was pretty cool. I I, I liked the fact that you know, and when Gwen um, used his bracelet to get to wow. the other dimensions his portal was like him mm-hmm. you know and that's when i noticed that everybody's portal was you know in their own style
0: that was I very that cool. Was really cool that was a that's a, it's a lovely detail too that's a really great piece of detail and <laughs> i i i just adore that spider-punk uh, style I, is that a comic book yeah. character Do they I have know. their own I, again
1: Spider-Punk? i'm i'm the Spider-Man that I know is from TV when I was little and yeah, the movies. So. The same.
0: I've never read Spider-Man comic books. I watched the Spider-Man cartoon as a kid. I loved Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2 uh, from Sam Raimi. I even liked the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies. Yeah, I, me too. I didn't hate Spider-Man 3.
1: <laughs> now, they had a, they had a detail... Um, that I saw in the trailer, and I didn't see that particular shot in the trailer, but I saw him in another one. They had Baghead Spidey. Are you familiar
0: with that? No, what's that?
1: Well, Spider-Man often uh, meets up and hooks up with the Fantastic Four in the comics. I do know a little bit. I know mostly Fantastic Four stuff. But at one point, his suit is ruined, and so he, but he has to get home, and he doesn't want anybody to know who he is. So they put him in one of Johnny Storm's uh fantastic four outfits and he's got a paper bag over his head i actually have the action figure really the baghead spidey yeah i went for a lot of money for a while (laughs) um but it's one of the only marvel universe character uh figures that i still have because i just i thought it was so funny and so cool um but yeah they he was baghead spidey was in was actually in there
0: that's pretty cool (laughs) <laughs> I like that. Uh, I was looking for Turkish Spider-Man. <laughs> they say Turkey makes their own knockoffs of everything because they don't care about copyright yeah. laws, and they made a Turkish Spider-Man, and there was a rumor that they were going to try and and uh, use that character uh, to make him part of the Spider-Verse canon, which I thought was very cool. Although they, I don't think they did it, but it would have been very funny to see because it's a very funny-looking character. Uh, there's so many... There are- so many great variations that you do see in this.
1: Yeah. I, it's funny that you t- you're talking about the bootleg uh, Turkey stuff, because there was uh, a star Wars figure that I'm hoping that they'll just kind of like Hasbro will make it just to kind of drop the bottom out of the reseller's market. But <laughs> uh, it was the Uze uh, blue stars and it's a snow trooper figure from the eighties, but it's blue hmm. with, I think a red gun. Yeah. Yeah, I love I love their bootlegs. They're some of their best bootlegs out there.
0: That's cool. Uh, Andy sandberg is in this movie. He plays uh, Ben Riley, who I'm familiar with because I do watch this uh, comic book review show on YouTube. There's this very funny guy named Linkara who does uh, comic book reviews, and and so I'll watch some of his stuff. And he's talked a lot about this Ben Riley character. He's this like emo Spider-Man and having the emo Spider-Man played by Andy Sandberg doing this big, broad, dramatic thing that he's doing. is it's very funny. It's a great piece of comic relief.
1: Yeah. I, there are so many people in this movie that I just couldn't keep track of them all. I, I recognize some voices and then I was like, you know, I got up to go to the bathroom halfway through cause it is a long movie guys. Um, and i I pulled out my phone and was like trying to look through all the voices and i still didn't get them so
0: (laughs) yeah it's a terrific movie this this is really one of the best movies of the year it's way up there for me even even as long as it is even as somewhat disjointed as it is it's so much fun and so gorgeous to look at look at and and so incredibly inventive and fun that it's just an undeniable movie
1: and I got to say this, like the last one of these and this one are more human than a lot. than like (laughs) a lot of the DC movies, this, these two animated films have more humanity than a lot of the, you know, quote unquote DCU Mm -hmm. and some of the Marvel ones. Let's, let's be realistic. Sure. Um, I like how they did. They did do a little bit of a dunk on uh, multiverse of madness. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's Lord and Miller. So they're having their fun. Um, I think they fit so much better into the tone of this movie than they would like if they had, if their solo had gone forward, mm-hmm. you know, I think that, um, I, I think their their sensibility is much much better suited to something like this than a legacy character like Han Solo that you know is played by one of the biggest icons ever to grace the silver screen. Mm-hmm. You know, this they can do anything with. So
0: Yeah, I think they they can't be limited by live action. I think they they work very, very well in the animated realm for sure. Not that they can't write uh, anything. I think they could probably write anything, but they've had their 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 best runs have definitely been animated yeah. films uh and you know the the lego movies are very funny uh at least, certainly the first one is a very funny movie uh and and they they're so good in this in these two movies it not getting in the way of allowing miles to be real and have some uh, you know dramatic heft uh they're good at uh, you know dropping in uh, elements of pathos uh the the dynamic between Miles and his dad is really terrific uh between Gwen and her dad between Miles and his mom uh you know those those are relationships that have a lot of weight
1: i, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine after um about the movie and he was like i kept thinking that she was going to ask him if he was gay because he, you know he's got he, he's like well i want to tell you something and i don't know how to tell you and yeah, and I kept I kept thinking that she was gonna say, Miles, if you're gay, it's fine. And then everybody's head would have exploded. <laughs> but yeah you know, I, I Ma, like talking about being gay, moms always know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, mothers always know. She knows he's Spider Man or mm-hmm. something, you know, something right. like that. She's well, she probably saw the webs all over his room and thought it was something else, but um <laughs> You know, a callback to the James Cameron original idea for (laughs) Spider-Man.
0: Yeah, No, no.
1: Do you know, you know, he was supposed to, he was supposed to like go to bed that night and wake up and his room would have been covered in spider webs. Mm -hmm. And it was supposed to look like cum.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So glad Um, that never happened. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh but, James Cameron ruins
0: everything. Uh, I, I, I'm uh, kidding. Totally a trans kidding. person I follow uh on Twitter pointed something out that I thought was very interesting. That uh when Gwen uh goes to leave her universe, her portal uh it has a trans flag essentially, like the trans flag colors yep. behind it, which I thought was a really neat yeah. detail.
1: Well, there's been discourse on the interwebs uh since the other day that you know um is she trans is she not trans and then uh Richard Newby made the 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 point that she's whatever you want her to be you know and that's the thing is like are we're gonna get into this space where especially with the way things are going because it's pride month where everybody who wants her to be is going to just automatically call her that whether she is or not and all the knuckle dragging chuds, sorry if you're a knuckle dragging chud, you're listening right now, um, are going to be like, no, no, she can't be, you know, that's Gwen Stacy's not trans. Um, although they do, they'd use worse language, but, um, <laughs> and I, 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 yeah. I missed that in the movie. I didn't mm-hmm. even think about it. But then, um, as I was thinking about it, like the scene later that I was talking about, where it was a little, like the artwork was so overblown she's in a white suit Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and it's pink in the background and then blue highlights. And I was like, well, (laughs) (laughs) maybe, um, I mean, it doesn't matter. It it makes absolutely no difference whether she is or not. And that's the point. I think, you know, the fact that they're not calling her out as trans or not trans
0: to your point, you know, why, um, to your point is that 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 it's it's intended to be inclusive, I think, and and not so much yeah. definitive. Uh, it's inviting right. to to anybody who wants to be part of that.
1: Well, and movies are subjective. You mm-hmm. know, you get something different out of a Friday the Thirteenth movie than I do. Yeah, um, and I, you know, you get something different out of like Trick or Treat than I do, mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, or you know that I. I don't care if she is, mm-hmm. but if somebody does care and they think she is good, yeah. good for them.
0: So and you're free to see it however you want to see it. If you don't right, want right. to read into it any further, you don't have to. No one's thrusting any narratives in your face. Uh, you know, yeah. Just experience or art as you experience it.
1: <laughs> their favorite, their favorite phrase is shoving it down our throats. Uh. <clears> throat> <laughs> I say that because they want stuff shoved down their throats i'm sorry closet <laughs> cases uh but no i i didn't even think about that until i saw it on twitter this morning mm-hmm. uh it never even hit me i but you know i mean straight sis is the default so
0: i mean i i was I you know. know it's pretty clear that like miles has a crush on quinn regardless of who she is and uh, right. He seems to to have be, be have a, be having those feelings just basically based on the person that she is, uh, right? Is, and
1: that's how it should be. Yeah,
0: and again, interpret it however you want. Uh, the 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 point is is just a, it's a every everybody can be everybody has their own Spider Man, and that's really just another yeah. wonderful idea about the. The, the Spider-Verse is that there is going to be a universe where Spider-Man is trans and there's going to be a Spider-Man that's gay and there's going to be a you know, they're all out there in the multiverse they all exist uh, whether you like it or not
1: <laughs> my favorite thing about the multiverse is that if if the multiverse is real that means that somewhere in one of the universes the office is a true story <laughs> <laughs> and those people exist
0: <laughs> that is wonderful that is wonderful <laughs> anything else you want to say about across the spider-verse
1: um really looking forward to the next one and i'm Definitely. glad it's not going to be five years
0: oh how lo- do you have any idea when it's going to be i haven't uh, heard
1: january of next year or march
0: of next year i think Oh, wow that's pretty good it's good turnaround
1: well I, I mean they they knew that it was going to be two parts they mm-hmm. didn't tell anybody I don't th- I th- this weekend was the first I heard that it was going to be two parts so same yeah I don't no think idea. They even you know that was ever a, a plan mm-hmm. I think they just had so much in this movie that they were like well let's you know let's do it
0: They did a good job so. of keeping it under wraps yeah and it didn't hurt the experience that it that they're doing it that way either because I don't think you could hurt this experience it's just so good <laughs> Mm -hmm. all right uh on the opposite end of good the boogeyman is out this weekend (laughs) starring oh come uh, on chris messina and uh sophie thatcher uh in a an incredibly generic uh um movie about uh the the boogeyman i guess sort of kind of the boogeyman can really be whatever you want it to be uh it doesn't really have to have any kind of specificity and really truly like the the actual boogeyman of lore is just basically whatever a child fears is the boogeyman. So that does leave it open to any kind of interpretation. I just wish this movie had had a specific sort of, you know, any kind of (laughs) interpretation of what their version of the boogeyman is supposed to be. Uh, Two young girls have lost their mother. Their father, played by Chris Messina, is distant and not wanting to, to talk about his feelings with his kids uh, kind of pawning them off on a psychiatrist who tries to help them. Uh, he gets visited visited by this guy played by David Dostmokian who is, uh, essentially is accused of having been having killed his kids. But in reality, it was this entity that came from somewhere that, uh, murders your children when you're not looking or not paying close enough attention. And, uh, okay uh it follows him where he goes <laughs> when he dies it stays with the uh characters and, and Christmasina's family and uh it starts to menace them and the movie is very dark and then there are jump scares and then it's over i i, I did not care for this film
1: um so i heard bad things about it before i went in mm-hmm. and um <sighs> So I have a friend who, well, he's not even a friend. He's a Facebook and Instagram of Queens. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've never met in real life, but we both like horror movies and whatever. And he it sucks every horror movies, Dick <laughs> to the point where I can't trust his judgment on something.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, he said that this was terrible. It was the worst movie he's ever seen. And I'm like, okay, it's probably halfway decent. And but going into it and hearing him, you know, go off on it and how he hated it so much, I was pleasantly surprised. It wasn't as bad as I expected. It wasn't great.
0: It was I, I certainly, great. however, I, I would never say this is the worst movie. Like, this is not it, it's more uh, along the lines for me of a mundane movie. A ba- it's an it's a very average movie because I feel like I've seen this so many times I think every every other movie is about a little girl who gets menaced by some kind of monster uh the dybbuk or the uh, the boogeyman or the <laughs> just any type of curse you can attach and they're always going after teenage girls and and attaching themselves and they have to fight uh on their own against them uh that seems to be the premise of every horror movie of the past 10 years
1: well that's because according to the patriarchy women are vulnerable at all times to everybody especially demons that live in their closets and but they are the only ones who can defeat them so they pick their strength and they defeat the demon mm-hmm. and
0: yeah um, does it bother <laughs> you that uh, all demons live in closets <laughs>
1: Well, having seen the discourse on Twitter and Facebook about Pride, mm-hmm. we know all the demons are in the closet. <laughs> uh,
0: I think my favorite thing about the entirety of this movie was the moonball light. <laughs> I mean, that was yeah. the, that was the best thing about the movie for me I, the only thing i kind of like i kind of want one of those i don't know it's kind of it's a very I cool too, invention actually. uh that, that you know for a horror movie for a little kid to have and you know, for to roll it under the bed and it reveals the the monster or whatnot i didn't particularly care for the monster it wasn't particularly interesting but uh well, you
1: couldn't see it
0: yeah you, you can kind of <laughs> make it out but like it's yeah uh, chris messina is an incredibly boring actor <laughs> he's an incredibly yeah. boring presence in this movie i was really hoping that they would introduce uh you know a, um, a much more <laughs> interesting actor into the movie sophie thatcher's great don't get me wrong but like the character like uh who plays uh, david dust Malkian's wife who's also gone insane and is fighting the monster at her house i was kind of hoping that maybe they'd get like a really good character actress to play her and i've nothing against that actress i just don't know who she is and she didn't leave much of an impression
1: you know i have to look her up now because i was watching and i was like god who is that who is that and then it hit me i was like is that terry polo
0: is it then remember terry Polo? it's been a while since i've seen terry polo in anything i i I like her but i didn't if that was her i didn't recognize her
1: yeah, I'm just like, I hey, uh, uh no, that's Marin Ireland.
0: Huh. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not familiar with Marin Ireland Ireland.
1: Oh, um she was in Hell or High Water.
0: That's a uh, great one. She
1: was on Homeland.
0: Never saw that show. Oh, okay.
1: I mean I know I've seen her and stuff. Uh she's on the Umbrella Academy. Um. why the last man did you see that
0: no um,
1: what else the Irishman
0: hmm. yeah well, you know uh, just not familiar w- with her work uh, she didn't and again uh, she did wasn't bad she just didn't really leave much of an impression on me in, in terms of the way that character is portrayed in the film uh, they're not given much in terms of exposition or introduction just sort of shooting yeah. guns over their over her head and <laughs> she's just crazy from the first moment you meet her and then uh, <laughs> you don't really get much beyond that uh like i said it, it is kind of true to the concept of the boogeyman and that the boogeyman and of lore is just what a child is afraid of whatever a child is afraid of that's the boogeyman and so that kind of yeah. is fitting of this movie because it doesn't necessarily have a specific any kind of specific specificity in the villain it's just whatever a child is afraid of it's the intention is to i guess make it about uh, grief and loss and dealing with you know the loss of a loved one uh, and and the uh, you know the the emptiness that a child feels uh, the fear that they feel is supposed to be represented here and i guess that's sort of there but not really in any kind of depth Uh, It's implied, I guess, but it's not really well explored.
1: Yeah, I think that you know, like I from the trailer, I thought that Vivian Lyra Blair was going to have a much bigger, you know, she was going to be the protagonist, Mm -hmm. honestly. And I think they used her because she was young Leia Organa in Obi Wan Kenobi series. Um, I thought she was good, but. She, you know, I she didn't have as much spunk as I expected her to have from from watching her on uh, Kenobi.
0: Because oh, the character so is, was... is underwritten like every one of these characters. She's written to be just like every <laughs> yeah. other little kid in one of these movies.
1: Yeah, and you know, the christmas Cena character, he's fine in everything. Like, he's fine in the Mindy Project. He's f- But I just God he he is a psychologist, and he's making all the wrong choices, yeah, you know, and i I really quite honestly expected uh Lisa gay Hamilton uh who played the other therapist, I really expected her to call him out on it,
0: but Not again she hers scene. is just another underwritten unimpressive role um you know i I mean she's a very good actress, and I barely noticed her,
1: yeah. I saw her and I was like, I oh, love her, and then she didn't really do anything.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that is the that is the hallmark of this uh, of this movie is that a lot of people get introduced. David Dustmalkian, you know, he's he's incredibly uh, a talented guy who tends to make an impression when he's in the movies, and I, I his use here is very un- unimpressive and uh, unimportant.
1: He is. Usually, such a good actor, and he picks, um, you know, some really good projects. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, in the Suicide Squad, I thought he was the best part of that.
0: He was great Um, in Boston Strangler, like, he he killed that performance, he was awesome in that.
1: But the original story is basically it's just him telling the story of how each of his kids died to the therapist, you know, that ends up being played by christmas cena here but i mean even if th- i think that would have been just as good i know that they, you know it's it's a one room where he's just talking mm-hmm. but they could have done it in flashbacks and things and i think that would have been you know probably better than what we got
0: i think they weren't particularly interested in fleshing out the boogeyman and what he was all about because they didn't really have yeah. it they didn't really have the concept down. They really didn't know what their villain was or what their villain was capable of. They just wanted a lot of dark rooms that they could roll tiny lights into, and <laughs> and yeah, dark rooms makes it cheap. You know, you can you can cheap out on every aspect of the filmmaking if you make the room dark enough, and uh, that's pretty much what I what they did with this is just it's dark rooms with little lights, and then ah, ugh, ah.
1: I will say there were a couple of those jump scares were super effective because I did jump when she rolled that ball underneath the uh, bed, and even though I knew it was coming from the trailer, when it got there and you know they held on it for just like a half a second longer than in the trailer, and I did jump.
0: So mm-hmm. there's something. <laughs> yeah, I but overall, I just think this is an incredibly. Uh, mundane and entirely forgettable. Like I I was writing my review and I was just desperately trying to recall the movie (laughs) because it was so it's so inconsequential that I just like details just started to slip away from me. I had to like refer to Wikipedia a couple times going what happened here? Oh yeah 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 that yeah okay (laughs) yeah and that's not me that's just the movie not being interesting enough for me to care (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what though, sure sure was a step up competence wise from our classic. <laughs> Can we get that out of the way, please?
0: Let's talk <laughs> about the Boogeyman, nineteen eighty, directed by uh, Yuli Lamel, uh, and uh, you hated this. Uh, I'm surprised. I thought you might. Uh, I thought you might have seen this before and uh, enjoyed it.
1: Okay, so when I was growing up, go to the video store either in Princeton or LeClaire and there were, you know, we'd go to the horror section and there were two movies that I never bothered with mm-hmm. this one and tourist trap. Now I saw tourist trap much later, probably five, six years ago. Finally I was working at Best Buy and I used my discount and I was before I quit and I was buying up as many blu rays as I could. And I like, Oh, what the hell? After my discount, Tourist Trap's only 10 bucks. How bad could it be? Amazing. We have to talk about that movie sometime. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, The other one was The Boogeyman. And I don't think I was wrong for not picking this one up before.
0: (laughs) So the story starts with two kids are watching their mom and her lover uh, essentially have sex in their living room. They're watching through a window from the porch and... Uh, they get caught doing it, and Mom allows her lover to punish the boy by by tying him to the bed. The little girl, the little sister, who's like three, gets a giant knife. And I actually thought this opening was pretty effective uh, the with the shots of the knife and the little girl and what's she going to do. And then I like the, the first-person perspective of the kid walking down the hall and uh, going to stab uh, the lover, which, I mean, he he stabs him so lightly. There's no possible way that he actually harmed him. <laughs> like, yeah. He barely got through uh, like the, the t-shirt <laughs> with that stab. But nevertheless, uh, I also like the, the, the following scene of the, the next day at the church. Uh, they, they are now grown up characters and he does this thing where he, he takes the camera into the church and, and pans it around and, uh, and shows the, uh, you know, the priest and then he takes it down the line and, and stops on these two characters and visually marries the, uh, the little kids to these two characters. And I thought that was actually kind of skillful in terms of just very basic uh, filmmaking from there. You know, it, it does fall apart uh, just like everything. Cause again, nobody seems to know what the boogeyman is or how to like, nobody fleshes out the concept of the boogeyman and what the boogeyman is supposed to do. This boogeyman is the lover, I guess, who, who was murdered. Uh, and he's in a, he's in a magic mirror that can, like, that can, like, go, it takes him wherever (laughs) the mirror goes, and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) Well, and they call it
1: out so obviously, you know, I hear if you break a mirror, it releases everything that that mirror has ever seen. And
0: was the mirror trapping everything before? I, when was this a concept? I mean, why don't.
1: I mean, you could make a porn, it could just be somebody jerking off in front of the mirror. You know, I mean, it could be everything. The possibilities are endless, unfortunately. <laughs> so is this movie, even though it was only an hour and 20 minutes.
0: The, the stretches that this movie has to do to get this uh, villain to where they're going to go, like, at one point, the little the little boy of the main character he's got like a piece of the mirror stuck to his boot and that's enough to cause people who are like two beaches over from him where he where he's fishing with his mom to just let the demon loose to kill them somehow by skewering yeah. a guy in the neck and then him skewering his girlfriend through a kiss <laughs> and then that scene just ends with them nobody knowing that they died uh you know like <laughs> what the fuck was that scene <laughs>
1: I oh god so many problems with this movie. It didn't know <laughs> if it wanted to be a supernatural horror movie or a slasher movie or a family drama. You mm-hmm. know, it was just like come on. I
0: I I, it, I, but again, I I liked the brother character. I thought he had a, a very interesting presence. I thought for sure that he but was didn't the talk. Yeah, but but he had a great look, though, know, in yeah. terms of his presence and his look. He looked dangerous. He looked troubled. I thought, okay, he's going to be the villain. Like, he's going to... He's going to... You know, they're going to ask him to go back and see his mom, which he doesn't want to do, and that's going to cause him to snap, and he's going to start killing people. And then... No. They just... <laughs> they went with This fucking magic mirror bullshit. Yeah, I... Like, that I, I thought that would have been more effective. That guy was had a great presence. He, he you know, he, he, you put him mm-hmm. with the pair him with that camera perspective that they do, which, again, is so weirdly used. Like, we're uh, first of all, the, the demon has no presence. I know we're supposed to see in their minds, I guess, that the that well, the demon is the lover like with Darth the,
1: Vader with asthma. <laughs>
0: there is that that is the only way you really know that the like the camera is in the perspective of the demon or whatever the fuck this is, is that he he does have this, like, he's breathing through this stocking over his head, which is a weird, bizarre motif yeah. to begin with. Like, what was sexy time? Let me put this pantyhose over your head. <laughs> and then he just leaves on <laughs> until he gets stabbed to death. Uh, but that then, I guess, is supposed to become the demon character that we now never see, like, to the point where, like, he doesn't appear again. We, aside from appearing in the mirror briefly, we don't see him again. And yeah. then randomly, randomly, the demon is defeated because they put the mirror in water. <laughs> what the? I fuck? guess. I guess. Yeah.
1: So then, at the end, when the piece of mirror falls off a kid's shoe,
0: mm-hmm.
1: what happens when the groundskeepers come and like? Water the lawn. <laughs> it's
0: Does just that a, kill the, the, demon? The, the sequel. The sequel never happened. So maybe that's how they finished it.
1: No, there were two sequels. Oh, there were. One.
0: Oh, I have no idea. Yeah,
1: I've never seen them. I didn't know anything about it until tonight when I was watching it and looking through IMDb, but apparently there's two sequels. Oh,
0: wow. Who knew? I mean,
1: I can't imagine. Well, I can't imagine that the director and the lead actress who he's married to and her brother who plays her brother in the movie wrote another one of these so i'm sure it's probably a name only
0: <laughs> yeah i imagine it it all starts at the graveyard somebody pit, somebody steps on the mirror and they carry it with them to their house yeah god <laughs> Or that, or in the classic tradition of horror movie sequels of the eighties, it's just the, <laughs> the the person who wrote the sequels never saw the original and just kind of came up with his own idea mm-hmm. based off of what he was told about the previous movie.
1: Or, or it was a it was a spec script and they just put the name Boogeyman on it like they did with a bunch of the Hellraiser
0: movies, oh, Hello
1: Mary Lou, yes. Prom Night 2.
0: Yeah, which actually sounds way more entertaining than what this was. <laughs>
1: um well (laughs) have you seen hello mary lou i i
0: I do have a sort of camp appreciation for that movie yes
1: yeah that is my friend joe's favorite movie of all time
0: it's very funny
1: collects he collects stuff from it he's got a horse head from the hobby horse he's got i did a poster of it that's available on my etsy link in my bio um I did that for him. I did, you know, he's got a 35 millimeter print of the movie. (laughs) It's, he really loves that movie. Um, he, I mean, he has no taste. (laughs) um, (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, no, I, you know, so, I mean, there's, they say every lid has a pot, (laughs) so (laughs) I'm sure there's some boogeyman stands out there
0: uh good luck to whoever you are <laughs> go go with god and enjoy your movie <laughs> well uh this week on the 1993 podcast we watched the uh, michael j fox movie life with mikey because did you know that super mario Bros. isn't available it's not available to stream the bob hoskins john leguizamo wow. version is gone it's lost media now apparently <laughs> If you have a copy, you know, be sure to hang on to it because you can't stream it right now. Interesting. <laughs> so we watched Life with Mikey, which is a, a movie about Michael J. Fox playing in an, uh, an agent at a child talent agency. He's also a former child star and uh, a fuck up whose brother uh, Nathan Lane carries him essentially at the job, and he kind of gets by, you know, doing the the odd bit of uh, media for you know his childhood persona. Uh, And he meets this little girl in the street and sees her picking pockets. And then when she gets caught, she's doing this amazing monologue, lying her way out of it. And he says, like, this girl could be an amazing actress. He gets her a job uh, as a uh, commercial spokesperson and things move on from there. They develop a sort of a father daughter relationship. But uh, her real father is also still around somewhere and providing kind of the motivation for the third act. Uh, This movie is a complete mess. (laughs) <laughs> like, it is an absolute mess. Like, there is almost no conflict in the movie whatsoever. Uh, the <laughs> Everything that Michael J. W- Fox wants to happen happens. Like, he meets this little girl, and they have a tension between them, but he immediately gets her a job without an appointment, just gets her the biggest possible job in, in acting in terms of commercial acting. Uh, they, <laughs> there's nothing bad ever seems to happen. Every obstacle is overcome so easily. Uh, At the same time, though, Michael J. Fox is so charming that even in a movie this bad, he's so good that the movie feels breezy, light, and even occasionally quite funny just because he's so good.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, we actually, uh, Amy and MJ and I actually came away kind of liking this movie, even as we spend a good hour talking about how terrible it is. (laughs) Which uh, hopefully we have on the podcast feed uh, later on this week. You ever heard of it? No, uh-uh. Never really. I mean, it's one of Michael J. Fox's I mean, I'm, last uh, leading man performances.
1: I mean, you know, there's every possibility that I heard about it when it came out, but mm-hmm. I was yeah. never a huge Michael J. Fox fan. So mm.
0: I, uh, I've always been a fan, although you know, since obviously because of Back to the Future and even a little bit of Family Ties. I didn't love Family Ties, but I always kind of liked him on Family Ties, and mm-hmm. when he got Back to the Future, and of course Back to the Future is iconic. I uh, love that movie, love that franchise, and uh, yeah, I I think that's uh, that's part of the reason why I find him just charming in everything that he does. Uh, all right,
1: yeah, I, li- I like him. I just he's really
0: great. <laughs> um, <laughs> next week on the ninety three show, we're going to be watching uh, uh, Jurassic Park, which uh, MJ has never seen. And Amy claims to hate.
1: <laughs> uh, Amy hates everything.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, Jurassic Park is 30 years old next week. God. I know, right? That
1: I, I mean, that was one of those movies where I was fully aware of, like, the directionless life I was going to lead. Yeah. Um, so, I you know that was a big movie. I think I saw that three times in the theater.
0: Yeah, so. I I I really enjoyed it at the time, and yeah, you know, I've always enjoyed watching Jurassic Park back again because it is just so good. More on that yeah, next that,
1: week. That is one of those movies that I can. It's a comfort movie. I can put it on anytime. Sometimes I'll fall asleep to it. Sometimes I'll sit and watch it. So.
0: Well, we're gonna have to build some kind of show next week because, <laughs> aside from Jurassic Park, all we have is the fucking Transformers movie. That is it.
1: Um, well, let's talk about something else then next week because I am not going to sit through a fucking Transformers <laughs> marathon. I'm sorry.
0: I wouldn't wish that upon my worst enemy. Uh- <laughs> I don't even
1: i I barely even like Anthony Ramos anymore. after listening to him on Mark Maron.
0: Oh yeah. He's not um, not a good person.
1: No, he's fine. He's just, I don't know. It was like, I I was like, yeah, dude, it's, it's too early for the, I listened to it first thing this morning. I'm like, yeah, it's too early for this shit. I, (laughs) you know, and Mark Maron sometimes kind of molds to whoever he's talking to. Yeah. Um, I, so I, I, I have no desire to see any of the transformers films. I When I worked at Best Buy in New Jersey and New York, we would have that. uh, We'd have the first one, the Blu-ray on some of our higher-end TVs, so you could see the clarity and everything. And I, you can't make out anything that the robots are doing um, when they're fighting each other. So just, I gave up, and I'm like, I have no desire. I didn't like the toys when I was a kid. I didn't like the toys when they came out again.
0: I loved the toys as a kid. I was a huge Transformers cartoon fan. The movies are absolute trash. I mean, you, what you said about the uh, the absolutely you can't make out any of the action of these movies. Yeah. It is just and but when you're watching it in a movie theater, it is just it is torture. It is just physical <laughs> pain. The the clanging and the banging and the loud. I mean, they turn up the noise so much. Uh, the last one I, I, I had headphones on like I just I couldn't I couldn't have I, I couldn't have the full force noise of that going yeah. on in my head. The humor is so I, I mean, it is so dumb. It is sub grade school dumb uh, in these movies. You know, it, 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 p- borderline, like Adam Sandler kind of looks sideways at how <laughs> dumb the Transformers movies are. To the point where, like the Transformers movies, even steal one of his jokes about dogs having sex, like that, which is Adam Sandler's favorite joke in the world, is to show a dog with uh, you know giant balls or a dog trying to have sex with a dog that is too big for it or anything, something like that. And they stole that and put that in the first Transformers movie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, it's great. Is it great? Is it great? Does it make you want to see a That's Transformers movie? Great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so lucky I get paid to do this.
1: Uh. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if you want to pay me to go see it, I'll go see it. But I, I, that when you guys asked me to be part of this show, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is going to be great. I get to see all the movies. Then I realized I, A, had to pay for all the movies. B, I had to see shit that I would not ever watch in a million years. <laughs>
0: And so Jeff has officially quit the show. (laughs)
1: Um, (laughs) Uh, When does Indiana Jones come out?
0: (laughs) Oh God, I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, That's the
1: that's the end of the month. We've got this Um, one, and
0: then Flash is next. Then the week after that. Huh. Yeah.
1: Well, since we uh, since we know that um, Michael Keaton's Batman is returning, maybe we should just talk about the first two Batman movies.
0: Yeah, that's that's a, certainly a thing.
1: Because I could talk about Selena Kyle all the day. All,
0: day. <laughs> all right, we'll talk way. more about that and come up with a show for next week that isn't entirely Transformers, obviously. Because I'm going to yeah. be the only one who suffers it. Uh, you want to do a little flick well, chart? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, we could
1: talk about the movie Trans America instead. Talk about trans movies. <laughs>
0: Oh, you know, are the truly mass appeal?
1: <laughs> yeah, this this show would hemorrhage <laughs> listeners. Oh, all right.
0: Uh, always or soap dish? Soap dish. Yeah. Although always is terrible.
1: No, it's fine. Soap dish though. I mean, some of the lines I still quote to this day. A mm. turban, a turban. What am I, Gloria Fucking Swanson?
0: <laughs> Classic. Judas and the Black Messiah or Rosemary's Baby?
1: Ooh, Rosemary's Baby.
0: I'm going Judas, and uh, so I got to flip the coin here and uh, make a choice. And it's Rosemary's, Rosemary's Baby. Choice. Yes. That movie
1: is such, I mean...
0: It's a great it's movie. A I just build. prefer the other movie. All right. Uh, let's see here. Ed Wood or Starman? Hmm.
1: Probably I would say Starman, but hmm. Ed Wood is a lot of fun and has a great cast, and I would probably watch that first. So yeah, Ed Wood.
0: Ed Wood, absolutely. Yeah, that's where i am going.
1: Paranormal Activity to
0: me, but... 2 or Basic Instinct 2?
1: <laughs> I did not see Paranormal Activity 2 because the first one was so incredibly boring to me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I would say Basic Instinct 2.
0: No, uh, it's Paranormal Activity 2. Basic Instinct 2 is unwatchable. <laughs> yeah. I- I'll watch 15 Paranormal Activities before I watch Basic Instinct 2 again.
1: Well, have I got some news for you? You can watch 15 <laughs> Paranormal Activity movies
0: again. I would do that before any before I would ever watch a Basic Instinct 2 myself. And uh, and a local critic, a friend of ours, actually, Linda Cook, uh, watched that together at a critic screening. And just at, at a certain point, she goes, she's just looking at the screen, going, "Yeah, that's a really nice lamp." <laughs> like, yeah you know, that is a nice lamp
1: <laughs> what's funny is I do that even if I'm into a movie because I'm so <laughs> obsessed with like mid-century modern uh, the the lamp that your sister gave me that's yeah. in my living room mm-hmm. I see that in movies and I'm like oh god I want another one so bad <laughs> so I can't falter for that
0: <laughs> no I wasn't faltering like that was literally more entertaining <laughs> than anything in the movie <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a paranormal Activity 2 wins uh, Jonah Hex or Unfaithful?
1: Uh, Unfaithful is Diane Lane
0: Yes, Richard Gere and uh, some hot guy I'll pick that Yeah, same Jonah Hex is un- It's terrible uh,
1: Journey- I used to read the Jonah Hex comics when I was
0: a kid Oh really? Were they any good?
1: Uh, well, my grandpa in Missouri had them, and oh you like you like the comic books let's read this and i was scared because i was like five Mm -hmm. but um yeah i was never a fan and the movie the movie fun fact about the movie Hmm. they slowed down the credits to make the runtime
0: (laughs) seriously not
1: gonna. i'm not gonna make you watch it to figure this out but it's out there yeah they slowed down the credits because it only ends up being like an hour and Like 22 minutes or something, and uh, like 10 minutes of that as credits. Wow. Something incredibly stupid like that. So,
0: yeah, I think the paranormal activity (laughs) movies did that too. (laughs) Did they? (laughs) I think so. (laughs) Genuinely. Uh, Another 48 hours or Catwoman? Catwoman. I agree. I I love laughing at Catwoman, it's so bad and it's it's that, actually so bad it's fun to watch
1: that movie was so much fun to watch during the pandemic yeah i watched it with some friends on zoom mm-hmm. and oh we it was i wish we could have recorded the commentary <laughs> that we were making <laughs> it was so much fun to watch and i can't stand it
0: it is but so great it's yeah. so much fun that i had that i had that experience watching uh exorcist 2 uh exorcist 2 is so bad and i watched oh. it with a group of people and we laughed so hard at that movie
1: it was the best.
0: really really bad
1: i was i was once possessed by a demon don't worry i'm not anymore
0: <laughs> are you kidding me um no that's one of the lines oh, no no In i remember i'm just he like is i just yeah. can't believe richard burton isn't it is it richard burton he's yeah. so drunk he's <laughs> just so drunk oh, the entire yeah. movie Well, it's uh, a big bright like rudolph nose yeah oh god <laughs> it's just so sad and
1: james earl jones i'm just like oh Harold, god what are you thinking wow
0: yeah wow
1: It had, I I will say this, it had an interesting concept, Mm. uh, you know, as far as like the, you know, going back to the possessed boy who becomes a shaman and whatever, but, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Defiance or Whiskey Tango Foxtrot?
1: I have not seen either one of those, so you'll have to pick it up.
0: Fair enough. Uh, Do the Right Thing or Stardust Memories? Do the right thing. Do the right thing. Yeah. Uh, hairspray 1988 or to kill a mockingbird?
1: Actually, I'm going to say hairspray. And that is actually coming back to theaters next week.
0: Wow. I hadn't heard.
1: Yeah. Maybe we should talk about that. Do a John Waters
0: show. Oh, um, um, we've never done a John Waters show. <laughs> hmm. uh, I mean, <laughs> we'll see. I'll uh, have to look that up. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to kill a mock to killing mockingbird and uh, let's see what the coin says. It's to kill a mockingbird. All right. Mm-hmm. Good luck, Chuck or Wayne's world 2? Um. Good luck,
1: Chuck. Seriously? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <It's> like, who <laughs> the fuck
0: votes for a Dane cook movie? What are you doing?
1: I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> If it was Chuck and Buck, maybe. But.
0: Uh, yeah, no, nah, I don't think Wayne's World 2 is very good, but it's, it's better than yeah. Good Luck Chuck.
1: Maybe that's what I was thinking. Um, yeah, let's, yeah, we'll pick Wayne's World 2. Uh,
0: life or American Graffiti? Life is with uh, Ryan Reynolds and Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh,
1: did I see that? I don't think I saw that.
0: Yeah, no, American graffiti would win anyway.
1: Yeah, I, I would pick that probably anyway.
0: Father of the bride or Margot at the wedding? <laughs> Ooh, weddings <laughs> um,
1: seems to be a theme. I had my my cousin and a couple of my friends got married last weekend. Huh. Uh, is that the original Father of the Bride or the... Nineteen Ninety One? Yeah. Um, see Martin. Really?
0: Well. I mean, I don't like um, Margot at the Wedding very much, but I think it's far more interesting than Father of the Bride. I really hated Father of the Bride.
1: It's just just so, like,
0: depressing. Oh, it is. Margot at the Wedding is absolutely depressing. (laughs) It really is. It's oppressive. There's no doubt about it. Father of the Bride wins. Uh, let's see. I've never seen Sappho. I don't know what that is. I know what Sappho means, but I've never seen that Yeah, movie <laughs> called, I've never seen a movie called Sappho.
1: Well, let's are you see. in luck?
0: <laughs> um. Underworld Awakening or, or Neil Breen's I Am Here Now? <laughs>
1: Fishing with Gandhi.
0: <laughs> I've actually never seen I Am Here Now, but I love seeing Neil Breen pop up. underworld wins (laughs) what in the world uh all right meet joe black or the princess and the frog
1: the disney princess and the frog yes i'll pick that same joe black is so tedious oh it is
0: it is and i had to see it on the worst date of my life (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Imagine being there with somebody you have Totally no mu- no chemistry with And you have to sit through a three hour fucking movie Good god No thank you uh, The Golden Child or The First Wives Club
1: uh, First Wives Club
0: uh, Golden Child I hate anything that Diane Keaton is in um, <laughs> Except so for, that was before for She went
1: completely off the rails And it does have Goldie Hawn And Bette Midler so
0: I just rolled my eyes through it for the most part, um, but you're right. I mean, it was still she was not as terrible as she was after 2000. Uh, yeah. She the Y2K the Y2K happened. It just happened to Diane Keaton's career. That's really <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: well, Golden, started, Child,
0: Golden Child wins.
1: <laughs> first Wives Club is before she started spending all her money and needed to start making paycheck movies. <laughs>
0: Disturbing behavior or the Jungle Book, nineteen sixty seven. Jungle Book. Jungle Book. No reservations with Aaron Eckhart and uh, Michael Douglas's wife, what's Catherine Zeta-Jones, or A Man <laughs> Apart starring Vin Diesel.
1: Uh, no reservations.
0: Yeah. The wedding date or the rhythm section. You've seen neither of these. I
1: didn't, <laughs> no, I, I know I haven't seen the rhythm section because I was saving it because I had the book. Mm-hmm. And then I just, i it was it was too low on my to be read pile. So I just gave it away. Yeah. So I still have not seen that one. So I haven't seen either one of them.
0: Uh, uh, the rhythm section, just because the wedding date is impossible to sit through. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's see here. <laughs> um, give me a movie that somebody's actually heard of. Dead men don't wear plaid or ladybugs.
1: Dead men don't wear plaid.
0: Same. So clever. Great movie. (laughs) The Bourne Legacy. Or My Neighbor Totoro.
1: Seen neither of them. I've not seen a single Jason Bourne movie. Hmm.
0: My Neighbor Totoro. 13 Days starring Kevin Costner or You've Got Mail.
1: Oh, I don't mind 13 days, but you've got mail has Parker Posey in it. So we're going to pick that one.
0: Same. The Insider or Stealing Harvard. The Insider. Which one is
1: that? With Al Pacino and Russell Crowe. Oh, uh, yeah, that one.
0: Definitely that one.
1: Without seeing the poster, I can't.
0: (laughs) Sorry. Uh, No, you're fine. Black Dynamite. 2009 or what's love got to do with it the tina turner movie
1: what's love got to do with
0: it same yeah i just watched a woman Di- i just watched a woman watch that on youtube today for the first time and it was just it was i got emotional watching her watch it <laughs> yeah
1: i i like black dynamite i thought it was a good movie it, just, it really is what's love got to do with it's just so super good.
0: clever mr deeds 2002 the adam sandler version or leprechaun 2 Leprechaun 2. Same. (laughs) (laughs) That's how much I hate Adam Sandler. (laughs) Oh, let's see here. Uh, uh, Rain Over Me, starring Adam Sandler and Don Cheadle, or The Pink Panther 2?
1: Pink Panther 2.
0: Rain Over Me. I fucking hate the Pink Panther movies so fucking much. (laughs) And I don't mind Rain Over Me. I I actually kind of got a a little emotional watching that movie. It's Rain Over Me. Okay. Okay. Uh, Your Highness with uh, (laughs) Natalie Portman, James Franco, uh, or Hotel Rwanda with Don Cheadle.
1: Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Do I want to roll my eyes or... (laughs) Curl into a fetal position. Just for the simple fact that she did a movie like Your Highness, I'm picking that. Really? (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I'm just (laughs) kidding. Hotel Rwanda.
0: Your Highness is one of the worst movies ever made. It's so terrible. And while I'd never want to see Hotel Rwanda again in my life, (laughs) because it is again just oppressively sad uh it is way better than this movie all right that's all we got jeff any final words
1: uh go buy my artwork because why should you give your hard-earned money to a big soulless corporation that only practices rainbow capitalism one month a year when you could give it to a real actual live homo